God, we are live. Yep, we're live. <laughs> All right. I'm dumb. He's smart. Let's go. So, disclaimer, nobody cares. We're dumb. So, reoccurring villains. <laughs> so, okay, I'll, I guess I'll... You want to start off? Or no, I, I, I want to hear what you have to say about it. All right. <clears throat> Let's get cracking. So, reoccurring villains, right? Yeah. We all know what they are. We all seen them in movies. They're basically villains that come back because the hero or the main character of the story decided they just want to be some wimps and not finish the man off. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I would probably do the same, but you, you get what I'm putting down. Yeah. So the idea yeah, that a... you've got a Go character who's just sitting around I, because obviously in story doesn't finish him off, but out of story because you've got a pretty popular villain who you want to keep alive. <laughs> Man, you okay? You know what? You kind of spoiled it, but you know what? We'll keep it going. So I'll give you like an example, right? Spider-Man yeah. or Batman, but we're doing Spider-Man because... Batman's be overrated. <laughs> they really did Batman wrong in the movie. Well, specifically the recent Justice League movie. Hmm. Like, he killed... Well, didn't that movie constantly. get everybody wrong? <laughs> really? You know what? Okay, that's, that's fair. That's fair. And apparently the Schneider cut's good, but... I think Batman still kills that, so they didn't get him right. Well, of course. It's but, nice. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna pick on Spider Man now. So Okay. We all know how he's a moral person. He suffers loss over and over again. Apparently, as people say, the story's only good when he's suffering. But that's a that's a topic for another day. Oh boy, so, do I love my comic masochists. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would. I think it would be. Nah, never mind. I'll, this, so yeah, yeah, we got to say this for some masochists, but don't care about that. <laughs> now, who am I kidding? Man? They at least a masochist, but who wants to see Spider Man suffer? I want to. I want to see him be happy. Spider Man's like the most. In most depictions, I admit there are some where he's an absolute sociopath, but in most depictions, he's the most cinnamon roll superhero I've ever seen. <laughs> And that's why we love him. Yeah, he's just a kind little innocent boy who then gets PTSD as his uncle is murdered in front of him by a lizard man. <laughs> I think they... The most accurate version of that is definitely the MCU one because they got a guy who straight up does British accent. Yeah. <laughs> just... Okay, but back onto the topic. You know what? Screw it. We're going to talk about the Spider-Man game. The Spider-Man game? The new one? Mm-hmm. Okay. The the old one. The old one? Actually, nah, nah, nah. We'll go with the, the old, old so, one? The old, new one? Or the new, new one? Insomniac, right? Yes. <laughs> Insomniac! Alright, we're going to talk about the PS4 one first, but we need to get back on topic, so I'll make it quick. So, that game is magnificent. You, you played Have it all the way through? It? Oh yeah, played all the way through it. You played it? Uh, no, I have not touched a PS anything from birth. Wow, <laughs> it's like how That's the crazy. 
the Nazarene oath in Judaism. You don't touch wine or cut your hair. No, I don't touch a PS4 ever. <laughs> you will just die on the spot if you do. <laughs> like, you will spontaneously combust. Guts everywhere. You will just be dead. Okay, but, but like I was saying, in that game, it's pretty good. But on the topic of reoccurring villains, all of those villains he fought before. And where did he put them? In jail, where they broke out somehow. Every single time. Like, what you don't realize is the game's actually a loop, and when you put all the prison, the villains in the prison at the end of the game, they just break out immediately at the start of the next player's game. <laughs> you know what? That That's actually very smart. Just infinite loop. That would be, be a smart way to do it. But, okay, so the new game, I... Actually, no, we're going to go in order. So, Miles Morales, that game's good, but I'm not going to touch on that. So, the new Spider-Man game, obviously I haven't played it because it's not out yet, I don't think. I don't know. Bye. I don't care. But, he turns into a black Air Force energy guy with a black suit. <laughs> Have you seen the trailer? Yeah, Spider-Man. Have you okay. seen the trailers? Is it is it Miles Morales again or is it Peter Parker? Not Peter Parker. Well, he? it's Peter and Miles. Yeah, like Peter Parker decides he's gonna put on the Black Air Forces and kind of start being a menace <laughs> because he has the black suit. What? Do you know about the black suit? I am unaware of any of this. Okay, then that makes a lot of sense. So the black suit's basically like an alien suit that can. Not really infect the mind, but it's the symbiote. Alter them, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm I'm thinking like this sounds an awful lot like Venom. Oh wait, it is just Venom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't seen the trailers? Then, so. No, I've just I I know way too much about Spider Man. <laughs> All right. Okay. So yeah, like I said, um, he basically gets the Venom suit on. He starts acting like he got Black Air Force energy. And he is acting slightly more like a menace. And I'm pretty sure in that state he's going to be willing to, you know, kill and end reoccurring villains. Alright, but you know what? We talked enough about Spider-Man, so let's talk about why reoccurring villains even exist. So, money, first off. Like, that's a that's a pretty big reason why. If people like, for example, um, the Goblin, they're the not going to kill him off. Yeah. yeah, Green Goblin. But they actually killed him off in the Sam Raimi series, which is actually pretty bold of them. Did they bring him back, though? Yes, they did. <laughs> Every time you think a villain dies, nope, some sort of revival protocol or super soldier serum or something. Oh, you know what? Have you seen uh, No Way Home? I believe I have. Okay. All right. Because was that but... the one with the drones? No, it was oh. the one with. Uh... Okay, so I'm assuming you haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm gonna try not to spoil it then. Right. So. Okay, that reminds me of Deadpool, but we're not gonna. We're not gonna. I just keep on going, please, please. Okay. We don't have time to talk about that thing. (laughs) So, and then we have Batman, right? 
Okay, you know what? I'm going back on topic of Spider-Man, all right? Sue me. So, in the Sam Raimi movies, and I think also the Andrew Garfield ones as well, the villains usually die at the end. Which, well, besides Sandman, he's the only one that didn't die at the end. Spider-Man 3. But they all seem to die, which is fascinating. In an MCU, no one dies, except for... I forgot what his name was. Loki, my but... man! <laughs> King of just pretending. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That, that, that's honestly funny. Like, that dude had no powers except money. Okay, so let Actually... me explain it. I'm the god of mischief, so what does that mean you can do? I occasionally do something funny... And I'm very good at playing dead. <laughs> <laughs> Any other powers we should know about? Well, I mean, there's like a billion of me in different dimensions, and one of them's a crocodile. But we'll not talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk. That ties perfectly into Batman. The greatest detective, which people seem to sometimes forget. And also, a uh, crime fighter that dresses in all black so, can, so we can scare the enemies away. Because mm, that's a completely also, original idea. Yeah. Reminds me of Moon Knight, but Moon Knight's uh, psychotic, but we're not going to talk about that either. So, Batman fights for justice and doesn't usually kill the villains. Except for the movie, but I'll talk about that later. So, prime example is Joker. Like, listen, like, how often do you hear the iconic fight between Batman and Joker just for Joker to break out of prison and do it all over again? Oh, yeah, it's he is like the reoccurring villain. <laughs> <laughs> like, if there ever was, like, hey, what's the definition of reoccurring Joker? Okay, there, there's a, a, sh a very close contender, and that's Frieza from Dragon Ball. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. This guy comes back, like, every season to be the, the villain before they reveal the main villain. And then the main villain just bodies him. And then he has to be like, well, back to the underworld. <laughs> That's actually funny. Seriously. He's like, big villain gets killed by Goku, but psych, he's actually a cyborg. Now. Oh, wait, nope, he's killed by Trunks. Oh, he's come back from the dead. Nope, killed by Goku again. <laughs> So, we can go to your part, or we can just talk a little bit about what makes a hero. Ooh, what makes a hero? Let's hear about that. Okay, you seem intrigued. So, I have absolutely no bullet points, no plan for the what is a hero part. All I have is literally a number next to it saying, what is a hero, telling me that you're on your own. So... I screwed myself over with my own plan. You love to see it. That's what the number one next to it means. <laughs> it means one person talking about it. <laughs> so, what is a hero? Um, you know, no, no, we're gonna we're gonna say that for the Monty minute. That's what we can do. Mm, That'll be fun. Maybe unless you have unless you have something else planned. Perhaps. Okay. <laughs> I'll let, I'll I'll let you cook. But uh, I'm very interested in what is a hero, because it kind of lines up with villains pretty well. 
because with recurring villains and heroes, the reason both of those exist is to provide a very unique thing for the person to experience, you know? Mm -hmm. If you don't have a unique hero, that's kind of your series' downfall. Same thing with not having unique villains. Yeah. So I find it very interesting that you bring that up because think about all the series you've been talking about. Frieza has Goku. Joker has Batman. Green Goblin has Spider-Man. They have these very unique heroes with very unique villains, and you can't really kill off either of them unless you're an insane madman or a really good storyteller who could find yeah. some way to fill the gap. <laughs> like, a, like, my goodness, you would have to be a really good storyteller to kill off Joker after, like, the recent movie that came out. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Is because people don't want to see their favorite villain die because exactly. then you've lost that villain and you have less narrative tools in your toolbox. Like, um, an example, well, this is more like killing off a hero, but still kind of plays in, right? Yeah. So, the idea of Endgame killing off Iron Man, that is very bold. I'm not going to say they executed it perfectly, but they did it pretty well, I would say. Well, I think there's a key there. It's that Iron Man had really already finished his arc. Yeah. So they could keep him around and shell out all this merch and this stuff, but they realized that this is the end of his story and we shouldn't keep people who don't have stories on. So either they have to let him retire peacefully or kill him. <laughs> yeah, like and... how they did uh, Captain America. But personally, I would say, I mean, completely honest, they should have killed him off too. Not in like a disrespectful way, like I don't like him. Like, it would have made the movie impactful to have Iron Man, well, to have Tony and Cap both done. I think it should have been reversed, because imagine the guilt really? Tony would have felt that, like, the perfect guy is the one who dies, and the imperfect one is the guy who just gets to live and live with his consequences. You know? Ooh. That would. Ooh. That would, yeah, that would be nice. Heck, that even gives Iron Man more of a story to keep him in the series, because now he has this survivor's guilt over I, I the guy who's like the drunkard, misogynistic, crazy dude, mm -hmm. got to live while Captain America, arguably more cinnamon roll innocent than Spider-Man, just gets okay. absolutely annihilated by Thanos. <laughs> Well, here's the thing as well. If we take away Iron Man's death and replace with Captain America, then it would turn... Spider-Man wouldn't have his whole character arc. Yeah, that's the thing, right? You're sacrificing one story for another. So perhaps Iron Man was the right way to go, but... Yeah. And that's why I was saying that they should have also took Captain America out with him as well, so it can really wrap his story up in a beautiful bow. Yeah. Actually, nah, the way the way how they ended this actually was how he got that dance at the end. That's a that's a good way to wrap it up. Mm. So, you know what? Okay, you know, I'll, I'll talk. I'll talk about what's a hero, because we have no time limit. We do what we want. <laughs> so, what is a hero? So, I would say the biggest defining trait of a hero is self-sacrifice. Really. Like, that's the biggest thing that comes to mind. Well, why do you say that self-sacrifice is the thing? 
Well, when I say self-sacrifice, I don't mean specifically sacrificing one's body or life. I mean sacrificing something of theirs for something of someone else's. Yeah, their time, their energy, that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Like, um, like something as basic as firefighters, for instance. They get called heroes all the time because they risk their lives, their time, all that. So you go save somebody. Of course, they get money and compensation, obviously. So you but think that that's... maybe compensation is like a negative to being a hero? Oh, no, that's a positive to being a hero. It can encourage more people to be heroes. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is somebody who's paid to do good actually a hero, or are they just doing their job? No, no, the people who are paid to be heroes are heroes. Mm. But that doesn't make them a good person. So you think somebody can be a hero but not be a good person? Yes. So you're kind of leaning into the anti-hero trope with that. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Do you remember the whole anti-hero hero thing? I remember there was like a whole English, like one English class about it. <laughs> I do not remember. My memory is terrible. So the idea of you can have a character who does absolutely horrible things, but in the end is still heroic because he's doing like good stuff as well, like a good example of this is there's a version of the Joker in an alternate universe who he still has all of his Joker things like kidnapping and torturing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The difference is when he, like in this universe, the Justice League is evil and the villains are good. And so mm-hmm. he's torturing like evil Batman, essentially. So he's still doing evil stuff, but he's doing it for a good reason. Okay, I would say if you're doing what people would... No, if you're just doing evil stuff to evil people, yeah. I would call that anti-hero. Okay. And of course, if you're doing good stuff to good people... Well, hang on, no. Because if we're... Because hmm. really, even the heroes we think are like pure good do bad things. Well, yeah, because... Well, if they're... Like, if the writer that made them is competent, then yeah, they should be. Yeah. Not perfect. You can't have... Of course there's going to be Mary Sue's, but... Yeah. Hopefully, if you have a good story, you aren't delving into that trope too much. Yeah. Like, um, how... Getting... I'm going to, uh, what's it called? No Way Home. But the way they uh, showed Andrew Garfield in there, it showed how... He, it's a little spoiler, but Mm -hmm. after Gwen died, he basically became bitter. It showed that he wasn't perfect, and he wasn't like, oh yeah, she died, but I'm still gonna keep fighting the good fight. Nah, he got bitter, he stopped pulling his punches. Man started killing people. Yeah, and perhaps started to become more anti-hero-y than hero-y. Yeah. Of course, still did it for a good reason, but still anti-hero. Well, yeah, because he's doing horrible stuff to people and being... Like, I did it to the bad guy, but did you really have to do it? (laughs) Okay, so if we have an anti-hero, does that imply the existence of an anti-villain? Ooh, remember Megamind! (laughs) Okay, so then what would be an anti-villain? So what's an anti- what's the 
anti-hero again. That's somebody who does bad things to bad people. So a villain would imply... It would imply bad. Well, it implies villains... What does a villain do naturally? Usually they do bad, correct? Bad things to good people, right? Okay, but that would, yeah, that would be a normal villain. Yeah, so it implies that a anti-villain would do good things to good people, or something along those lines. Okay, I was thinking that maybe they good things to bad people. Good things to bad people. Interesting. Cause like um, how you have advantage. those... Like how you got those... Uh, you always got those third-party dealers in games, right? They never explicitly, like, help them or hurt anybody, but they know that they're helping them. They know that they're hurting people. I wouldn't necessarily like, call that anti-villain, because they're still villains, they're just not directly hurting anyone. Well, exactly. It's like anti-hero, right? They're not exactly a hero because they're helping, but they're not really doing it in, like, a quote-unquote moral way. Interesting. So an anti-villain helps villains but not necessarily in a quote-unquote anti-moral way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Which is interesting, because you could have an entity that could both be an anti-hero and an anti-villain if it's, like, say, an arms dealer who's dealing to both sides, right? Yeah. Then I would just say that they're, well, normal <laughs> in that case. <laughs> you know, they're just selling to the highest bidder. It's just like, yes, I deal the uh, nuclear weapons to both sides. Uh, I don't think that's what they meant by yin-yang. <laughs> so, have you ever played Titanfall 2? I know of its existence, I've not played it. Okay, so, spoilers, but come on, it's been so many years. So, yeah. in that game, uh, the main enemy is the Apex Predator. Don't confuse them with Apex Legends, alright? Oh, you know what? Okay, you know what? Forget it. I'm not going to carry on with that thought. So, the Apex Predators, they're mercenaries that have been hired to kill the enemy. Yeah. So, intrinsically, they aren't bad. They're just getting paid, so they're doing their job. I would count that as anti-villain. Because they're not really bad people. They're just getting paid for it. They're just paid to kill you. Yeah. Nothing personal. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, money comes into it. Do you think mm-hmm. that has anything to do with it? Money has a lot to do with everything. Well, yeah, but in this case... In the case of which one? Both anti-heroes and anti-villains and heroes and villains. That whole thing. Does compensation have to do something with what they are? Okay, so let's go to anti-hero, right? So the idea of someone that seems villainous doing villainous things. Well, no, someone, let me say villainous someone, but someone doing villainous things to villainous people. Hmm. How could they be influenced by money? Well, I would say that they could be a mercenary working for the hero side. Well, bounty hunters are a huge example, right? Yeah, 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 that's a very good example. Yeah, do anything to get to their target, torture, interrogation, but they're all—they're doing it all to get to a bad guy. Does that make them right? Who knows? 
<laughs> see, I was going to be like, well, you see, maybe, but then you said, who knows? I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't have... But that's the interesting thing is just because you're working for the good guys doesn't mean you are good. And that's some of the most interesting storytelling. Yeah, because not all heroes are good and not all villains are bad. Way to wrap that up with the neatest bow I've ever seen, Monty. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So now we're going to go on to you. So I actually have my Hez's history prepped up because I have found one of the funniest things for a recurring villain in history. Enlighten the class. So the First Punic War is the war between Carthage and Rome. Uh, Carthage was a mid-sized nation on the northern coast of Africa. And Rome, I hope you know what Rome is. Nah, I, I have no idea. I'm not going to explain it. Don't. Okay, so at this point, Rome is a small nation that's pretty much confined to Italy. Just Italy. And they want to expand to Sicily which is the island right off the coast of Italy. Okay, this is going to sound stupid, but I never heard of Sicily in my entire life. <laughs> we talked about it last time. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Sicily is the soccer ball, and Italy's the boot kicking it. <laughs> okay. But anyway, Carthage is already on Sicily, and they don't like the idea of Rome coming on, so war breaks out. Now, Carthage is a naval power, their whole thing is boats. Rome doesn't have a single military boat. <laughs> ah. So what do you think the Romans do? Well, I would think they would either make boats or they would develop weaponry to counteract that. Hmm. Indeed, they do both. <laughs> oh! <laughs> ah, I see they have big brains. They, over the course of 60 days, build 120 warships. <laughs> Which, to give me perspective, to build a rowboat, it's estimated to take the weight of a rowboat and divide it by three. So, like, an average rowboat that you think is like, oh, I'm pedaling down. No, that takes, like, weeks to build. <laughs> Rome built an entire 120-ship fl fleet in 60 days. <laughs> So, so when we're talking ship, what what are we talking like, like uh, like a cruise ship size, or we're talking like eighty feet long, holds hundreds of people, like oh. warship. Sixty days. Sixty days. Two months. How <laughs> how long did it take to build Rome's walls, or whatever the analogy was? No, no, no. But. This is the funny part about it. They they do all that, right? Mm hmm Carthage wrecks that fleet. Like, completely destroys oh. it. You know what? I'm not surprised. So guess what they take the next 60 days to do? What do they do? They build 150. You know what? <laughs> I applaud the effort. That's, that's something I would do. Doesn't and this work, is where the uh, defense part comes in. Mm-hmm. They decide that if they can't win a naval battle on the sea, they'll just win a land battle on the sea. Smart. So they create a giant pole with a metal spike on it. <laughs> what? And when they get close to an enemy ship, they just smack it into the enemy ship's deck. 
and oh. just lug the enemy ship toward them and then engage them in melee combat. <laughs> That's... Huh. <laughs> now, I, I think the importance of this is you gotta go into, like, classical Mediterranean ship combat, right? Mm-hmm. So Mediterranean ships were built, so you had archers and you had a ram. And the whole point of the battle was to either shoot the opposing army off of their boats or ram their boats and sink them, right? Mm-hmm. So what Rome does is they just... They wait for the opponent to get right next to them to ram them, just stab them with a big wooden stick, and then engage the un the archers who are not trained in melee combat using infantry who are trained for land combat. <laughs> huh. That is smart. Keep in mind, these infantry aren't like marines. They're not trained for naval combat. They're literally just the regular Roman infantry. <laughs> just imagine it's like pulling up one day to just like, okay, so commander, how are we gonna take out those boats? Oh, see that's the funny part. We have a we have an elaborate plan. So what's that huge metal spike we got there? Oh uh so don't worry about it. I when I, when I say go, you're gonna charge onto their boat and you're gonna kill them. What? <laughs> How? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I just like to imagine that's how it is for them. But Carthage gets a lucky break. Because mm-hmm. a freak storm rolls in and destroys those 150 ships. <laughs> uh, of course, of course. So Rome's, Rome's out of money. They've pretty much deforested Italy at this point for all the wood they've been using. <laughs> So what do you think they do? <laughs> huh, maybe they like, uh... Honestly, I... So they use their... They use the walls as boats? I don't know. They ask for financial support. <laughs> <sighs> From who? They literally walk up to their richest citizens and go... Hey, yo, so we're just saying we are completely bankrupt, but we need boats. So if you all are willing to give us a small loan of a million denarii, <laughs> we're going to build the biggest fleet everybody's ever seen. There's not going to be a fleet like it. <laughs> Let me guess, they got the money? Oh, yeah, they got more than enough money, and they spend the next 90 days building 200 ships. <laughs> this fleet engages the Carthaginians again and proceeds to beat them all the way back to their home city, which the Romans then... This is the first Punic War, so they don't completely destroy them. They just go, okay, give us Sicily. (laughs) But that is... Jeez. (laughs) There's three of these Punic Wars. How did how did they financially recover from that? That's the thing. Rome just tanks through. They don't care about money. They just go, time to kill. <laughs> no, that's willpower if I've ever seen it. Yeah, and they... Just like, listen, we're broke, but we're still going to win this. <laughs> and that that is why I give Rome the honorary title of first recurring villain in history. <laughs> Round of applause, everybody. 
That was beautiful. That was was that one clap? I I don't know. My my settings have turned really weird, so it might have only sounded like one. Okay. Literally just a singular clap. <laughs> singular clap for that. We need to we need to add that onto Rome's title. Singular mm-hmm. clap. No no no, Rome. First reoccurring villain. The first reoccurring villain. Alright. Uh, that's the end of what I wanted to say. You have anything else you want to say? Nope. Except you have stuff that you want me to say. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the timer out right now. So, Monty. Yeah? I believe you were the one who said that uh, the Spider-Man game was one of your favorite games that you played all the way through it. Yeah? You think you can uh, sum up the plot of the game in one minute? Uh, yeah, 24 hours of gameplay in the span of one minute. Yeah, obviously, yeah. You know what? Yeah, let's do it. I got nothing to lose. Alright, are you ready? Let's go. Alright, three, two, one, go. So it starts off with a panning shot inside the um, apartment of Peter Parker. He gets a note, pump, pops in, says that, hey, his rent is due. That'll come in later. But he decides, you know what, I'm going to go be Spider-Man. I'm going to go capture Wilson Fisk, all that fighting, yada, yada, yada. He gets put in jail, and then later on we learn that a power vacuum happens because he was put in jail. What do you do? So then he goes ahead, meets the captain, Captain Fury. Apparently they're good friends. And then apparently he meets, oh, crap, this is getting fuzzy. 30. And then he meets, oh, crap. Then he meets Shocker, I think, after that. Then he puts him in jail, meets a new faction of enemies called Devil's Breath. He ends up going on like a whole masquerade going on, trying to figure out about them. And then he finds Mary Jane just chilling about, like, oh, wow, that's my old fling. Maybe uh, maybe we should get back together. And then they don't work for Ten. a minute until they do work. And then, um, ah, crap, what was the foreshadowing? Oh, yeah, and then all of a sudden he gets kicked out of his apartment. So it's like, oh, I need to crash somewhere. Oh, what about Aunt May's house? What if I just crash over to there? Stop. Oh, she doesn't have a house. She has a building called Beast. And they go Stop. there. Turns out Martin Lee's a bad don't know who Martin Lee is. Time, I don't care. Time. About... Oh, crap. <laughs> it was time like 10 seconds ago. Oh, <laughs> crap. Seriously, the thing you decided to lead with was panning shot of the city? <laughs> well, his apartment. I, I'm just saying, you're describing the plot of the game and you wasted precious seconds talking about the beautiful pan shot of the city. It was a beautiful panning shot. <laughs> My gosh, buddy, I think you need to prioritize more. <laughs> it was like a two-minute panic shot, alright? So long, it was two Monty minutes long. Exactly. So I had to, I had to, you know, had to make sure that it got its time in court. Alright. Well, that's all I've got to say. How about you, Monty? That's all you're making me say. <laughs> alright. I am the dumbest genius. I am the smartest idiot. We'll see you next time. Or we won't. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, 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 oh. Bye bye.